Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio on this Monday night, September 11th edition. I am your host, Robbie D. The boys were together all weekend long in Big D in Dallas, uh, but now we are apart. I am live from the Venetian Sportsbook out in Las Vegas. Vinny the Shark is joining us as well. He's on his way home from the airport from Dallas, and Big Mike as well. Just got back from Big D, and uh, of course, uh, our boy Goon running the controls. We want you guys to get... Involved, as always, give us a call at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and give us any questions that you have or comments about the show or about week one in the NFL at Over the Top Sport on Twitter. And, of course, guys, week one, almost done. We have two games tonight. We've got one game going on on Monday Night Football now, but we have to start with the debacle that was the New York Giants offense last night in Dallas. We saw it all firsthand. The Giants had just a putrid offense last night. Mike, Vinny, you guys were there with me. You had a witness it all. And um, I don't know what to say. I put all the blame on Jerry Reese. The guy can't give us an offensive line. The Giants are made for Madden. They're made for fantasy football. They're made – for seven on seven drills, but they cannot run the ball. They cannot protect the quarterback, and it was a downfall last night in Big D, guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was horrible to watch, and uh, you know, I don't think all the blame is on the Jerry Reese. I think a lot of it should, but Ben McAdoo hasn't showed me anything since he's been here. I think he has to take some of the blame too. He was supposed to be this offensive, gifted mind coach, and he hasn't done anything. If that was the game plan that he came up with last night. I mean, give me a break. They were throwing just five-yard passes. you got to be kidding me, Rob. They were pathetic yep. last night. Listen, they I... couldn't move the ball. They made the Dallas Cowboys defense look like the 85 Bears. It was pathetic. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was just an absolute abysmal uh, offense. The play calling was terrible. There was a couple of drops. And Dak, they really could have blew us out if Dak Prescott made a couple of throws, too. The Giants had nothing going for them last night. And that offensive line is a big problem. It wasn't addressed. And they really got to make moves for this. I, they, I don't know what to tell you. They can't run the ball. They're one-dimensional. This is what they're going to look like without Odell Beckham. This is a big problem for Big Blue. I don't know if I was watching Paul Pierce out there, if I was watching Rashad Jennings from last year or years before. But that just shows that it's not on the running back. It's on this offensive line. We've been on him for years. We've been saying that Jerry's got to go out and do something. He made a mistake by drafting Eric Flowers. We all get on him all the time. John Jerry might be just as bad as Flowers himself. Pugh was a first-round pick. He's decent. He's usable, but he's not definitely playing to a first-round pick level or caliber that he should be. They have no time to pass the ball. They Paul Perkins 7 for 16. That's disgusting. You can't set up a long pass. You can't stretch the field when you can't run the ball. They had two safeties deep on the Giants all night. There was absolutely no time for Eli Manning. And a lot of people were getting on Manning last night and this morning. I've heard all over saying Eli sucks. Eli was terrible. There's nothing he could do. We had a bird's eye view. There's nobody open all game. There is nobody open for him to throw the ball down. He has to check the ball down. Of course, yes, he had a bad. He had a bad throw. You're right. Now was at a bad time of the game, too. They only had one sustained drive. It was a nine-minute drive. Since they only got a field goal out of it. That really had to hurt them. Don't forget, they had first down at the goal five-yard line, and they only got three points. That took all their the momentum play calling, away, guys. The play calling is terrible. He only took one shot downfield. They scored right. three points. They really might have been the worst NFL team in uh, all the Sunday slate last night. Them or the Bengals. And there was, there was no sense of urgency. Where was the sense of urgency in the third quarter after – after you finally do get the field goal, no sense of urgency. I never saw any sort of hustle when you're down still two scores. It was ridiculous. It was like they had just lost, and, and they were okay with taking the loss. It was pathetic. And then they had that long drive. They came out with that long drive. They took like eight minutes off the clock, and then they only settled for their only three points of the game, and they couldn't get a touchdown out of that. That only helped the Cowboys out. It was still a two-possession game at that point. And to come up with three points after a drive like that, that was glorious for the Cowboys. The time of possession was owned by the Cowboys. Rushing yards, total yards in the game. It was a, They were just pathetic last night. 
And we've gone five minutes. We haven't even talked about the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't play. But I'm telling you guys right now, if Odell plays, that game's not much different. They could not control the line of scrimmage. And what have you heard since you were kids? You win the line of scrimmage, you win football games. That's how the Cowboys won the division last year. They have the best offensive line of football. That's why Ezekiel Elliott has such great great numbers. Dak Prescott didn't impress me last night. The defense for the Giants did their job. They gave up one touchdown that was aided by a freaking terrible call on a pass interference down the sideline on Janoris Jenkins. That was a terrible call. That's the only reason that they scored a touchdown. Giants defense did their job. But Matt could do you right, Mike. Has to do a better job. If this is what his offensive line is, then you've got to create a game plan where you can overcome that, where you can still move the ball, where you can get the ball downfield, where you can find open receivers. Because I don't care about Odell Beckham not being there. You've got to score more than three points when you have Sterling Shepard, Eli Manning, Evan Ingram, who actually played well last night. Uh, he might have been one of the only Giants. And uh, uh, Brandon Marshall, who had one catch, and it was the last play of the game. You've got to do a better I don't job. think uh... – I don't think they win even if Odell played, considering the play calls and everything last night. But Odell's the only guy that can make a big play happen without being downfield. And they didn't have that last night. They had a terrible job with field positioning. They just got outmatched in that. Outside of getting the ball in the second half to start, beginning field positioning was terrible all night last night. And they had to pretty much start behind their own 20 the whole entire game. And that was a great job by Dallas moving the ball to midfield. And great job by their punter. So that's what Dallas Cowboys do. They, they run the ball effectively. They keep that clock moving. They get first down. Cole Beasley had an amazing catch. Somehow came that came down with that. That was a huge play. Uh, that's That was too much for the Giants last night. They, they you know, have the offense. The massive and I was actually impressed with that Prescott, and I've been critical of him. But he looks so comfortable in that system. He looks so confident in that system. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, he spread the ball around. I was actually impressed with Dak Prescott last night. And you know what? As a Giant fan, I'm very concerned not only on how poor the Giants were, but on how efficient the Cowboys were. And I thought he actually missed a couple of plays. I don't know. Yeah, he did. I, I thought Dak missed a bunch of plays. He actually connected with those. Yeah, to me, Dak Prescott missed a couple of plays. They had the first and goal inside the five. They ran. They threw the ball three times, uh, all bad throws by him. They didn't run the ball with the, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. That was a gift. That was a four-point gift that Jason Garrett gave the Giants that they were unable to capitalize on. Uh, he missed a couple of other throws. Listen, he's got a great line. He's got the threat of a running game. And uh, he rolls out. He moves as a touchdown. Uh, Stephon Diggs, for those of you not watching, Minnesota takes a 10-6 lead, assuming they get the extra point on New Orleans. Like I was saying, Dak rolls out. He finds himself some space with the threat of a running game, and he makes stuff happen. So, yeah, Mike, maybe that is impressive. But he's not going out there winning games. He's managing the game. That's all. And that's all he needs to do. Exactly. That's all he needs to do. do He even ran the ball when he had to himself. I mean, this is a better version of Alex Smith, who is not going to turn the ball over, who can actually run the football. I mean, this is a guy that's not going to make mistakes and not going to hurt your team. He didn't throw a pick like Eli Manning. Not to, you know, we all agree that Eli had no time, but, I mean, at the same time, Dak Prescott really impressed me last night. He did. Yeah, he really extends the play. And also, we got a good taste of Brandon Marshall dropping already. He dropped yeah. a huge uh, ball for us last night. That could have been a game-changer. But, uh, you know, it's just nothing with the Giants play last night. I don't want to take anything away from the Cowboys, but I think the Giants look worse and the Cowboys look better. But their, their offense, that's what the Cowboys do. And the Giants held them to 19 points. And I'm okay with the defense. I have no problem with the defense last night. It's all about the offense and the play calling. Now they have an extra day to prepare for Detroit next Monday night, a team that doesn't play well traditionally on the road. Um, Giants home opener. They're honoring the 2007 Super Bowl 42 champions. Uh, the play should be rocking. Hey, listen, it's only one week. They're on one. You can't let it snowball. And with that offensive line, I'm a little worried about it. If they lost the game that they played well in, okay, listen, you're on the road. You're playing in prime time. You're playing a division rival that won 13 games last year. I get it. That's okay. But when you don't play well, that's the alarming part, Mike. And I know you have a lot more to say on it, but um, that, that's what bothers me. I, I'm not so confident that they can go and beat the Lions at home next week, and that's something that I should be confident at this point. Yeah, I'm not confident with it either, and that brings us right into the rant, Rob. It's on the Giants. As you started off the show, this past offseason, Jerry Reese did nothing to improve the offensive line. The only move was to bring in former first-round bust, D.J. Fluker, and that's not an improvement. Last season, the Giants averaged 3.5 yards per carry third worst in the league rushing. As a team, they averaged 88.3 yards per game rushing. That was fourth worst in the league. And how did Jerry Reese address this? By focusing on bringing in Brandon Marshall. 
when we had dress drafted Sterling Shepard last year, and then he used this year's first-round pick on Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram looks like he's going to be a nice player, a good player, but that's a luxury to have. He should have went with an offensive lineman. As a matter of fact, the Giants didn't even draft an offensive lineman this past draft till round six. And they stood by and watched proven linemen like Russell Akum, Andrew Whitworth, Luke Jokel, and Kevin Zeitler all get signed this past offseason. And last night we watched Eli Manning under constant pressure and the running game that you said had 12 carries for 35 yards. That's a 2.9 average. Eli looked scared, indecisive, and had no time to make any sort of decisions. The Giants looked unprepared and outcoached. And I don't want to hear about the Odell injury. They practiced all week without him. They had to have a feeling that he wasn't going to play. What was the game plan? Five-yard passes? And Cowboys' top cornerback, Orlando Skandrick, even left the game early in the first half with a broken hand, and the Giants refused to stretch the field and take chances. Where's this offensive-minded genius we hired? I'll tell you where. He's a fraud. We hired the quarterback coach of the Packers. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. How much coaching did he actually do in Green Bay? And listen, you both want to rave about the defense. I disagree. They gave up almost 400 yards. Across the middle, they got destroyed by Williams and Witten. We know Witten eats us up across the middle. Set a game plan. After watching last night, I'm completely disgusted, and my expectations of this season for them are gone. It was an embarrassing display of football on prime time on the national stage. Everyone got to see how bad the Giants' offensive line is, and it's going to be a big problem if they don't upgrade. Uh, I'm not even confident in the Detroit line anymore. I just don't know what to expect out of this team. We're one-dimensional. We're never going to be able to run the ball. I, I'm really fed up. That was really an embarrassing performance of football, and I'm, I had to travel all the way to Texas to see three points. It's embarrassing. Yeah, uh, you guys are right. I, and my, I can go a full hour every single week on McAdoo. I killed him last year during the season. I killed him in the playoff game. He does not run a tight shit. That brings me to my point that you, I'm glad you brought up McAdoo because I didn't know what your rant was about. That's why I like not knowing it's about I can beat off of it. I, you know I hate McAdoo. But let me just say this guy. This guy needs to run a tighter shit. Tom Coughlin ran a tight shit. Now it's basically the inmates are running the asylum. You have Odell Beckham. I don't care what your injury is, dude. Stop posting a thousand texts or tweets and, and Instagram videos and pictures every day when you're not ready to play. It makes me sick. You're out there, you're dancing, you're able to go all that on your bad ankle. You should be doing any of that. Secondly, this is the same organization that lets Odell do whatever he wants, but he can't go to OTAs. He can't go to off-season practices. He can't go to Eli Manning's camp at Duke, but he can go to Miami during the playoffs and get away with it because they let him run the asylum. It's ridiculous. And that's, that's, that's on Nakajou. And if he doesn't stick enough, he doesn't come up with a better game plan, then this is going to be a very, very short window that they have is going to be over. Because how did this team win 11 games? Game, how did this team win 11 games last year? They had that's a top defense. defense in the league last year. They didn't score 30 points one time. They sure did have a top defense in the league, but that's insane for a defense to have 11 wins like that. And you didn't think the offense would be a problem with this team. I mean, look at that team on paper. Um, Odell has got to be a big difference, I guess. And hopefully we'll see him play Monday night and he'll have a big game. And we'll see that our offense is a lot different with him in it. They need to go out right now and either acquire Joe Thomas or Joe Staley, one of these two top uh, left tackles in the league, on teams that are not going anywhere. If you have to give up a high pick, give up a pick. But like you guys just said, the window is closing. Go make a move and bring in one of these guys. Otherwise, just forget it. And what's, what's the cost, though? How are you going to get Joe Thomas? The guy's been offered in trades for years, a rumored in trade. He never goes anywhere. He loves Cleveland for some reason. And what are you going to give up? You know how Reese thinks he's some kind of draft guru. Well, he can't get it right with his offensive line. He did a good job last year. Restate making the defense good, but he doesn't realize that without an offensive line, you're absolutely nothing. And we could talk about this all freaking night, but until he gets his ass making the right moves on the offensive line, I don't care. Get Flowers out. Get John Jerry out. And Fluker to me, like, is not the answer. DJ Fluker was a bust. He tried to get him on the cheap, and even he couldn't find a starting position on this team. And I don't think that you can make this move in season because you don't make trades like that in the midseason in the NFL. It just doesn't happen that way. He's not exactly crushing his draft picks either. I mean, you know, Odell, Eli Apple hasn't shown me anything. I mean, come on, trade the pick. I mean, who cares? No, no, you're right, but he envisions himself as a big draft guru. That's how he got the job yeah. to begin with. Now he's going to run with it. Yeah, it's great. Real great. 
And look at Tom Coughlin. I'm glad you brought him up. Look at Coughlin's Jaguars yesterday going into Houston. who had to be fired up and completely embarrassing them. That's a Tom Coughlin running uh, program over there. Yeah. That's, you know why? Because structure goes a long way. It really does. It goes a long way in life. It goes a long way in sports. And no matter how old you are, whether you're in Catholic school as opposed to a, a, a public school or whether you're in a structured team as opposed to a team that lets the, the guys and the stars run the league, it's ridiculous. And structure shows that it works. Tom Coughlin's going to turn that franchise around. They could use a quarterback. They don't have one in Blake Bortles, but the defense is good. He's going to run it the right way, and Doug Brown's the perfect guy to work with Tom Coughlin on that team. They did a good job yesterday. That's a hell of an upset. Uh, good job by them, but it also shows you that the quarterback play for some of these teams this week, guys, is ridiculous. Savage. Tolzien. It was disgusting. It was a disgusting day of football. We were all watching together at the sports bar in Dallas, and it ended up with the absolute worst game of the day with 19-3 debacle on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Rob. Uh, I mean, it was an interesting day. Um, I was most impressed, I would say, with I think the Packers' defense really just blew me away yesterday. I, You know, I'm not entirely sold on the Seahawks as an offense, um, but the Packers did a unbelievable job shutting down Russell Wilson, constant pressure on Russell Wilson, and the time of possession for that game was absolutely incredible. Packers had the ball for almost 39 minutes. Uh, just unbelievable. And if that's how they're going to play on both sides of the ball, I'm glad I picked them as my Super Bowl contender. What about Vinny? Who are you impressed with yesterday uh, watching the full slate of games? Did we lose Vinny, guys? Not sure. Yeah, I think we might have lost Vinny, Rob. Uh, another thing to well, hit on, I thought Goff. I thought Goff looks pretty good. I know we both sat there watching that. I think that was a combination of between, uh, you know, a younger quarterback in his second year and just how bad the Colts were. What did you see there? Yeah, I thought that Los Angeles came out and did what that organization really needs to do. They went out against a bad opponent at home in front of about friends and family because there's nobody at that place, um, nobody in that stadium. It was actually embarrassing that on opening day that there were that many empty seats. But up there, it proved the point. And they stepped on the Colts next. Uh, and Terry was terrible. Scott Colts told he was even worse. The defense was awful. Um, they they have nothing without Andrew Luck. They have, and I, but you know what? They're not doing much with him because that defense was awful. But, hey, and, give credit where it's due. Goss, Goss and they just ruled your boy Luck out for week two, Rob. I don't know if you saw that. Week two, Andrew that. Luck already ruled I saw out. That. All right, I'm back. I'm I back. Saw that. Um, I saw I got something. I'm going to well, give Marshawn Lynch some props here on the Raiders. Uh, winning the game on the road, I immediately believe in the Raiders. I buy into Lynch already, too. Um, I think them and the Chiefs are going to have a really, really great division uh, hunt to win that AFC West. But uh, everybody loves those Titans over there, and they're already 0-1, and, and they're going to be in a tough game next week. I think it's in Jacksonville with a pretty unique spread of one. And who knows, maybe the Jaguars get off to a 2-0 start. They look pretty impressive. I thought that was going to be uh, the Texas game. You know, everybody was so caught up with the hurricane in Houston. Everyone forgot about the one in Florida. Jacksonville got hit, too, pretty bad. So, at least one of those guys won for their respective hurricane-hit cities. And uh, we'll see what happens. I, the Texans really uh, look pretty bad. And that was our top play for most of us over there. But I think Oakland and the Chiefs, that's going to be a really fun game to watch when those two go at it. And, Mike, just to finish up my thought on Luck, I could actually see him going on IR and not playing at all if this continues. If they're 0-4, 0-5, why wait? Why give a – the, the face of your franchise, your franchise player, why put him in more danger with the bad shoulder? If he can't practice now, it's week two, and they have a tough start to the schedule. Uh, they played the Browns in a couple weeks that we talked about. If he can't come back for that game, they're 0-4. You almost think, what's the point? You might as well tank it. I Fight completely agree with you, Rob. First overall pick. Fight with the Jets and the Bills Com- for the first overall pick. Get better. Start building an offensive line so that you can have Andrew Luck for the next 10 years as opposed to the last 10 games of the season. Um, that's my point on that. And then the team that really surprised me and I was really impressed with was actually Baltimore. Baltimore went on the road in Cincinnati, a team that I was all over. I love their offense. I think they have a lot of weapons. I think in the end, the, Baltimore, uh, the Cincinnati's offense is going to be okay, too. But Baltimore really shut them down. Their defense was phenomenal. They made Andy Dalton look like Scott Tolzien. He had five turnovers himself. And they ran the ball 42 times for 157 yards. Imagine that, Giants fan. The Baltimore freaking Ravens to Terrence West, Javorius Allen, and Danny Woodhead for one series and ran 42 times for 157 yards. Imagine that. Uh, imagine if the Giants could ever pull off something like that, what they could do in this league. Uh, they win uh, 20 to nothing over Cincinnati. Uh, just a great performance by Baltimore. And they, 
they play like that, they're going to be a team to contend with in that AFC. Uh, and what did you two uh, think of uh, that position? What did you guys think of the two scares over there? Uh, Pittsburgh almost with uh, the Browns and Atlanta in a really good game with Chicago. Yeah, I, I was very nervous actually watching both of them. Uh, more the Atlanta game, uh, they almost had 400 yards, so that was more of just a, a scare. And uh, you know who had the ball last, which happened to be the Bears. Uh, as far as Pittsburgh goes, they only gave Le'Veon Bell 10 carries, which I know he held out, and you know that was a big concern. But I did expect him to, to handle the ball at least 15, 20 times. So I think you'll see more of that going forward. I'm not really worried about Pittsburgh. I'm not worried about either of these teams, to be honestly. But, uh, you know, week one, it was definitely uh, scary for the betters. Well, I talked about it a lot this summer with you guys on the show. It's from a fantasy standpoint about how Le'Veon Bell's holdout was going to affect them a lot. And nobody seemed to be, whether it was on Twitter, I'm not just talking about you guys. Just nobody that I talked about was worried. Of course, I had him as my keeper, so I was talking to everybody about Le'Veon Bell. But I was worried. When you don't play, when you don't practice, when you don't get the timing, when you're not behind the line, when you're not picking handoffs, when you're not timing out screen passes, which Le'Veon Bell is so effective in that passing game, how it was going to hurt him. It almost hurt them because if they were playing another team yesterday, they'd probably lose that game. You can't touch the ball 13 times when you're Le'Veon Bell for 47 yards. That's disgusting. I'm not worried that, about that's him. Not Le'Veon I, think Bell bounced, football. I think he bounces back next well, week you know immediately. What? I think they held him low because he faced well, the Browns. But he wasn't playing well when he was in there. And, yes, he'll be fine. I agree with you. He will be fine. But that's why you've got to play in the preseason. That's why it has to be at practices. You can't just hold out and think that you're going to come up and be, you know, a top player in the game. That This game is too hard. Football's too hard to just show up uh, whenever you want and just be a stud. And that's what happens. And he paid for it. And I paid for it in fantasy. So that's why I'm really pissed. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, I was also surprised with Tennessee. I mean, I've sung their phrases on the show. I have them winning the division. I told Vinny they're a good team. And uh, they had 350 total yards of offense and still only 16 points. Oakland uh, really did a nice job defensively, which is rare for them, and stepped up and made some nice plays yesterday. So uh, all the props in the world to Oakland. And uh, I think Tennessee bounces back next week, though. And how about Detroit's comeback uh, yesterday? They were off to a really rough start with Arizona. They were just handing them points away like the Lions typically do, but then they came back and really finished the game strong. It looked like a pretty good team. And like I said, I love Detroit at home. They're a pretty good home team, and I want to give them some props as well. They were a a two-point underdog against the Cardinals. Well, I don't really think it's that great of a team. Guys, let's take the Giants out of it because every single one of us would answer Giants. You know what? Even non-Giants fans would probably answer Giants. But who this week, and I'll start with you, Vinny, who is a team that kind of disappointed you with the way that they played? Maybe they even won the game, but you just expected more out of them. Or maybe a team that lost and didn't show up. Uh, where, where, who's that team for you? I think the only team that could rival the Giants is the Bengals. They were horrible. They were absolutely horrible. The Ravens ran all over them. They were home. It's the first game of the year. They did nothing, the Bengals. And Dalton was throwing picks left and right. The Bengals were definitely the disappointing team outside of NYG. Yeah, I'll go with the Patriots. I mean, they're still week one. Uh, to me, to give up 42 points at home, you're raising the banner. Roger Goodell is there. You want to stick it to him. And you get, I mean, it's a blowout. They got blown out on their home field. Um, to me, that is, besides the Giants, that's the biggest shocker for me. And I want to say it was the Texans. I was all over them. I know that they had savage quarterback, but can you show up? Can you show up for your city? Can you show up when your city's been ravaged by floods and, and loss of power and loss of houses and everything? And and they showed up and they laid a dud. Find a way to run the ball. Find a way to make it happen. Defense didn't play so badly. They gave up a lot of points offensively. But the Texans to go out there and lay a dud against Jacksonville. I want to praise Jacksonville. We all like them. We all like Tom Coughlin. But you can't be at home and in that atmosphere, in that game, lose. And it cost a lot of people their survivor picks. And it cost me mine, too. That's not why I'm mad. I just I expected more out of them. J.J. Watt is too good of a player. He's, he's too good of a player for that team just – have Tom Savage or Brock Osweiler or Sean Watt, whoever it is, the quarterback. He needs to have a real quarterback on that team to give him himself a chance to actually compete for a Super Bowl because he's one of the best players that I've seen in my lifetime defensively. Yeah, and now they're facing a ton of injuries. Uh, Watt, something with his finger. Uh, I'm not sure if they officially said it was broken. Brian Cushing, a concussion. And now they won't even name the starter on the short week for Thursday because Watson suffered an ankle injury. So those Texan fans might be watching Tom Savage yet again. And how about uh, – All right, guys, we got 825. 
Uh, David Johnson. David Johnson, I'm sorry. David on, uh, Johnson's injury. That's a yeah. big time injury for you fantasy well, guys he, out there. Yeah, we were, I was going to get to that in a second, but yeah, he might be put on IR now. He's going to at least miss probably six weeks, you would say, six to eight weeks. If he has to have surgery, he could be out for the season. Um, and they just signed DJ Foster off the England's practice squad, the former Arizona State running back. Um, but that's not a sexy guy. That's not a guy that's going to go out there who you're going to want to handcuff him with. Um, they talked about Chris Johnson coming back. But, yeah, you pick this guy, you probably pick the number one, maybe you pick the number two. And uh, another huge play against this New Orleans defense. Um, yeah, can we Sam be Bradford. impressed with Sam anyway, Bradford yeah. right now? Sam Bradford is stretching the field. I mean, he looks ridiculous right now. Yeah, the first quarter he didn't look too good. And then the second quarter, since we started the show, he's been lighting it up. Thielen's been big, uh, Stephon Diggs, and, and they're about to take a two-score lead going into the half against New Orleans. But, um, guys, we're going to take a quick break. So, at uh, 826, over-the-top sports radio, uh, week one of the NFL, we're going to recap it. We'll talk a little bit about fantasy in just a couple minutes. Um, Mike's got some fantasy guys for you guys to pick up. Obviously, baseball playoffs are still underway. Kenny's going to have some bets for you. So, we're going to talk about that all in just a few minutes on over-the-top sports radio. American girls and American guys We'll always stand up and salute We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying There's a lot of men dead So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye but he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy in the land of the free Now this nation that I love is falling under attack He mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back As soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye Man, we lit up your world Monday night, September 11th, week one of the NFL on Over the Top Sports Radio. And we got a almost interception by New Orleans. But let me tell you, there's a lot of people rooting for that in Vegas. But um, we're back with you, 646-716-6403. And uh, Goon tells me that we have a caller on the line. So uh, who's on the line and uh, what you want to talk about? Hello. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Nothing. The Giants, what the hell happened to them? Did they show up? Did, did those guys' offense get paid to do it? They should give their checks back. Huh. Well, if you were listening to the first 15 minutes, you know where we all take cut. Uh, they don't deserve to get paid, especially that offensive line. It was a brutal display by the offensive line. The running oh, game is yeah. nowhere to be found. This this team was meant to be like a, a John Madden team, a 7-on-7 seven seven team or for fantasy football. Uh, they're not meant to win playoff games, big football games against good teams with that offensive line. If they keep playing like that, they're not going to be anywhere near the playoffs. Eli's not getting any younger. It was a disgusting display. Absolutely. I was totally disgusted. And if one or more of those jackasses kneels, I'm not watching any more NFL games or buying any of their apparel. They're not getting my money for that. 
Well, I mean, you certainly know if you've listened to the show, and thank you for the call. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you've listened to the show before, you know how I feel about it, and, and Rob and Vinny both share, uh, you know, my thoughts with that. But again, thank you for the call as we watch the Vikings here try to score, and that's going to be no catch. He's going to be out of it. Oh, they gave it to him. Diggs with the touchdown. Well, as you can tell, Mike, you're about three or four seconds ahead of me um, at the Venetian Vegas Sportsbook. But um, this is really hurting my wallet because I was really up on the Saints for this game. But, um, yeah, we, we all discussed it. We discussed the Giants early in the show. We're, we're happy to discuss it again, so thank you for the call. As far as the kneeling, I already know enough people that have stopped watching the NFL because of the kneeling, because of the protest. Uh, my father's one of them. He hasn't watched the game now since last year. Um, and that number's going to grow because it's got to change. And the way that the NFL uh, week one went yesterday with all these quarterbacks that were so bad last night and so terrible, Scott Polzine we talked about, we talked about um, Tom Savage. Um, they were so bad that we're going to hear more and more about how Colin Kaepernick should be in there. And you know what? Maybe on the field, maybe they are right. But that's just where you see what it's doing to this league financially. And the owners care about money. And people aren't going to watch to see this garbage that uh, comes with it. So uh, thanks once again for the call. Uh, Mike, Vinny, though, we got to talk about some fantasy. Uh, Mike, I know you had a couple of pickups. I'm going to give you the floor right now. Yeah, just a couple. I mean, real quick, just looking at a few injuries yesterday. Uh, the Arizona guys, obviously, they're going to be your first claims. It would probably be Karen Williams if you're on the first waiver claim. David Johnson's going to miss time. Uh, he had the MRI on the arm, the wrist, whatever. If he goes in any sort of cast or whatever, he's not playing. So uh, there's a few reports out there, oh, we're not sure if he's even going to miss time. He's going to miss time. Karen Williams is the top guy. Although yesterday, if you watched, he split some carries with Andre Ellington. So that could turn into uh, a timeshare right away. I do think Williams is the guy to emerge. Both guys should be picked up. Tariq Cohen on the Bears. Um, He's a guy that has to be picked up, but you should lower your expectations. The Atlanta Falcons gave up the most passing uh, yards and receptions to a running back last season. So that could have been a product of just the team they were playing. He should still be picked up, though. He had eight catches, 47 yards and a touchdown, five carries, 56 yards on the running back position. Scoop him up. Kenny Galladay, the rookie for the Lions, four catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. He looks like he might be a Matt Stafford favorite. You want to scoop him up. And we mentioned him on Saturday, boys. Austin Hooper, we told you to start him. Two catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's not going to do that every week, but he should be a solid tight end producer for you on your fantasy team. Pick him up. Mike, what about baseball? We're uh, hit the halfway point of the semifinals in most leagues. Um, what are you looking at now as teams have basically one week to keep their season alive? Yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, I know I'm in a league where you're only allowed to make pickups and drops uh, on Monday. It's actually Vinny the Sharks League. A guy I just picked up, Howie Kendrick, I mean, I need to have an option in case somebody gets hurt because I'm not going to be able to pick somebody up. Howie Kendrick plays multiple positions. Uh, Hernan Perez is another guy out on Milwaukee. Put one of them on your roster just in case there's an injury they can fill in. They can hopefully hurt, uh, help you, you know, with that aspect. As far as that goes, like we said, anybody is droppable. I just picked up Justin Bohr, another name you should look for. If Justin Bohr is out there, he's starting to play again. This is a guy that had 21 home runs. Pick him up. And we'll be on uh, Twitter all week, Rob, giving you advice. We'll, uh, we'll definitely take care of you. All right, thank you for that. Like I, uh, like Mike said, we're on Twitter. Questions, Mike likes to answer most of them. I get in there when I can. Vinny as well. Uh, Vinny with the best. Vinny, big college football weekend. Um, I know you had a big day Saturday after we talked on the show, so I'll give you a couple minutes. You can, uh, you can crow this, but you deserve it. You had a big day. You gave the, the listeners a lot of good advice. I hope that they took you up on it because they would have won a lot of money like you did. We lose Vinny again, Goon. I, I think yeah. uh, so, Mike. It's me and you. Um, right, we'll, we'll go back to fantasy football, Mike, um, because that's what everybody cares about. Anyway, let's be honest. Um, okay, I'm we back. We talked about back. a lot of the teams. Oh, Vinny. Sorry about um, that, Rob. Now, uh, we're going to talk fantasy football now. We'll come back to you for some bets and some college in a little bit. Um, but I'll ask you, you, both of you. Uh, we talked about some teams. What did we take away from some games? What about fantasy wise? I mean. So there was a couple of guys, Mike, that you talked about, Austin Hooper, a couple of guys had a big game. But uh, out there, disappointments, uh, maybe stardom sit-ems. I mean, I think Gillespie's going to have to be starting every week. Guys like that, well, what do you guys take out of week one? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Gillespie has to be a start. 
Brandon Marshall, I'm not st- – I mean, I drafted this guy as a, a wide receiver two in the league. He can't be started there. I mean, he's going to be a borderline flex play. Uh, Adam Thielen, another guy we recommended on Saturday, he's got 11 points heading into uh, halftime. I mean, that looks like a great pickup. The Seattle Seahawks running back situation, we talked about that Saturday morning. That looks like a complete mess. Um, as far as that goes, you know, it is what it is. You're going to – a lot of injuries like you just hit on, Rob. David Johnson, we didn't mention Allen Robertson. That means Allen Hearns should be out there. Pick him up. This was a big week already for injuries. If, you, if you're weak on a position, you need to grab one of these guys, and you should be okay. Yeah, that David Johnson injury is going to be a huge deal, obviously. He was the first overall pick in many, many leagues. Um, I'm hearing that they might even uh, go after Chris Johnson, somebody I really enjoyed back in the day. So I'd like to see him get another shot back in the NFL. And if he comes back and if he's the guy, he's definitely worth a pickup as well. Tonight, Monday night, I mean, we saw Adrian Peterson, first carry of the game. He bowled his way over guys, moved his feet, got nine yards. Boston Saints are going to look really good. They're actually showing that Peterson run right now on ESPN as we talk. It was the first play of the game. He gets the first down on the second carry. Ever since then, he, he's been non-existent. I don't know what the Saints are doing. Uh, they gave away Brandon Cooks. Um, they're unable to stretch the field right now. Michael Thomas, he's doing okay. But, you know, you know listen, it's Colby Feener and Michael Thomas out there right now. Ted Ginn's been non-existent. Um, and they have a three three running back head. What do you what do you want to do, Mike, when you've when you got three running backs? you got the third-round pick. you got um, Ingram. you got Peterson. The Saints offense used to be so explosive. It's so big in fantasy. I'm not so sure I'm buying them after this first half of football. Well, don't worry. Like we said on the show, we didn't want to start any of these three running backs, and we didn't need. We were concerned about Michael Thomas, who's doing all right so far. This is because of Minnesota's defense. This is this building. We were all there last year. It is a tough place to play. It is the loudest place to play. I can be confident telling you that. It's one week. After this week, let's see what happens. They'll all be fine. All your Saints players will be fine. Six points for the potent Drew Brees, the almighty Drew Brees, even in a dome. It's a different place in Minnesota over there. It's very loud, like Big Mike said. I'm not surprised that they don't have a touchdown yet. And what about those daily fantasy guys? Um, they do Fanduels, and now with Fanduel, they let you make substitutions. So set a lineup for a Monday Fanduel because they do. They have Monday Fanduels um, for the when they have the two games like tonight. Uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, uh, Melvin Gordon, who who are you uh, subbing in maybe for the 10 o'clock game? Let's talk some daily fantasy. Um, now that you've seen first half is done in this game, you want to steal some points as Emmanuel Sanders. Who, who are you looking at the, uh, to come up big at uh, 10 o'clock tonight? Oh, it's it's Melvin Gordon. You should be paying up for Melvin Gordon. You know how Phillip Rivers is with those little dumb passes. Uh, Denver's going to bring a ton of pressure, top-notch defense. Melvin Gordon is going to be catching those little dump-offs all day long. I don't really like anybody in that game. I think it's going to be a little boring game because I love Denver Z and I hate Trevor Simeon. Simple as that. I don't really think anybody's going to do anything in the, too much in that game. Do you guys still think but there's a lot of love about Denver's defense, though? I still have a lot of love, especially at home. On a Monday night primetime game, I'm sure their defense will be nice and loud and all fired up over there at Mile High. I don't really yeah, like I'm buying that, too. I'm buying both of those comments, and uh, as far as picks go, I picked the Broncos on Saturday. I'm sticking with that. Nothing's changed. And as far as fantasy pickups and daily fantasies, Big Mike, Austin Hooper. He only Austin had two catches, Hooper. but they were monstrous. An 88-yard catch, and uh, I guess the other one was like 40-something yards. Two catches, 128 yards, and a TD with two vicious stiff arms. What do you think about this guy? Yeah, we just talked about him. Uh, he should be picked up, 12-team leagues, absolutely. 10-team is a little borderline. But uh, he's going to be a productive tight end. He's a solid tight end, too, the rest of the year. Um, you know, he's going to have big games like you saw and then some downfalls. But in a PPR tight end situation, he is perfectly fine. Guys, we're going to have to look ahead now to week two. Week one's almost in the books. We talked about tonight's two games. We talked about all the stuff we saw this weekend, the garbage Giants game. Uh, week two starts in just three days. And uh, you got two teams that – had abysmal days yesterday in Houston and Cincinnati kicking off on Thursday night. I'm rolling with Cincinnati. Um, I think that Andy Dalton and that offense was going to be okay in the long. They're home. Houston on a short week. Uh, they're going to have to go with Savage because Watson got hurt yesterday, I think. And even if so, you only get three weeks to play for uh, an angry team at home. But uh, Houston, Cincinnati, Thursday night to kick off the weekend. 
Uh, that's where I'm going to look for some money, Vinny. Um, but what, what, what plays do you guys see for this week, and what games interest you? Uh, obviously, I think that New England trying to bounce back, and New Orleans is an interesting game as well. Yeah, I'm loving New England. The spread's not out for that because uh, the Saints are playing right now, but you got to assume the Patriots aren't going to lose it's, it's back-to-back games. So that's uh, what they got over there. Uh, I just saw it before. Let me take a look. Um, but they took it. They took it down. It was uh, four and a half. New England minus four and a half. Oh my God, that's a that's an absolute hammer. You absolutely destroy that. Who I don't see the Patriots losing two games in a row. I love the Raiders over the Jets. That's giving me my survival pick. The Cincinnati Houston game Thursday night I think is interesting because Houston D is very good and Sam Dalton looked really bad for his back to back home games to start the season for Cincinnati. And what's the status of Watson? So that's something to look forward to. If um, if Watson's a go, I don't know if I'm liking Cincinnati as much, but I, if I had to pick, I'd go Cincinnati too, Rob. I'm also loving the Tampa Bay Bucks as they finally get underway with their season at home after their hurricane situation, and they got the Bears. We all, we're all excited about the Bucks, so I'm rolling with the Bucks as well. That's another game I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I love the Bucks this year. They're uh, giving six points at home to Chicago. I think that could be a lock. Uh, Chicago played their hearts out yesterday, still came up short. I don't think we're going to see those kind of efforts against good teams all year either, Mike. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said so far. All those picks, uh, if that Patriots line comes back out, I mean, that is a, that's a moneymaker for you. Uh, also, I mean, we don't like the Cardinals uh, collectively as a group, but they play the Colts. I mean, it might be Brissett. It might be Tolzien. We have no idea. Even without David Johnson, I think the Cardinals are just a better football team. So I would look there. Um, the Browns, this is the week, boys. The Browns pick up the first of five wins on the year this week <laughs> in Baltimore. Oh, man. And I'm not with you there because I'm not back in the Browns like you, but we will see, Big Mike. Did you not see what Baltimore did yesterday to Andy Dalton? And they're going to have the Browns winning on the road there? The Browns, Robbie. This is one of my five that I have. Interesting play, interesting play. Seven and a half points. Given seven and, and a half uh, points in we, that game. We were missing Vinny before, um, but we wanted to give you props, Vinny. Uh, you had a huge betting day on Saturday. Everything you said pretty much hit. I knew you made a, a ton of money uh, out of the bar. So go ahead, boast, let us know. You hit almost everything. Good for you, man. All right. Yeah, it was a huge Saturday, and I'm really glad I got to redeem myself because week one I was not a very good college pick over there. I had a rough weekend with the college, so I'm glad I redeemed myself with that. Uh, I loved – Oklahoma. That was my favorite play of all. I love Georgia because I always hate Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, even though it was against an SEC team, the Clemson is the team. They're the guys that are defending champs. So they were in Clemson. I enjoyed that. I reversed the Oklahoma money line and Georgia money line, which was a hell of a play. Um, I really, I'm happy it all worked out that way. Baker Mayfield looked insane. He had an amazing game. The guy just couldn't miss a pass in the second half. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw what he did at the end of the game. He took a he took the Ohio uh, Oklahoma State flag and pinned it on the Ohio middle uh, oh <laughs> the 50-yard line, and he's getting a lot of heat for that right now. But uh, you want me to give you some plays? I have one big one. I'm telling you to go with Ohio State. I don't care. That's a revenge game. I don't care about the points. Minus 30 and a half. Take Ohio State. They gotta look impressive with their wins now if they want to make the playoffs now. So go Ohio State with that 30 and a half. And then my upset special is going to be Memphis over UCLA. A lot of people like UCLA after that huge comeback. But Memphis is home, and the spread's only three, so they might know something we don't know. So I like Memphis Tigers there. And just for fun plays, take the Broncos minus three tonight. I got the Bucks minus six and a half Sunday. I'm liking Sonny Gray tomorrow. And then we have a big-time fight this Saturday night that I cannot wait for, and that's Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. This is a real boxing match, everybody. You won't see a little fake show like we saw Floyd not throwing punches in rounds, the first three rounds. You're going to see punches in this. Triple G may pack a strong punch, but I got Canelo. This guy puts on 10 pounds after his weigh-in. He's only lost to Floyd Mayweather in his career. Triple G's undefeated as well. One of these guys are going down. I'm taking Canelo Alvarez. In my opinion, the second-best boxer after Mayweather that I've seen in my generation here. I like Canelo, plus 130, to win against Triple G. And a little fun, uh, funny line going on tomorrow. We all know about the Indians' huge uh, win streak going on. Corey Kluber is minus 540 tomorrow against the Detroit Tigers. The run line is minus 205. Absolute insane. I haven't seen a line like that in quite some time. That's crazy. They were minus 420 tonight with Carrasco on the mound. And uh, they have, uh, I think, 5 nothing lead right now. It was 5 nothing before. So, 
Uh, they still have runners on base. Uh, seven nothing now. Oh my God, in the fourth inning. So uh, that winning streak's going to keep going on. You got to keep pounding those. Uh, listen, Bet Big, Bet Kluber, he's not losing tomorrow night. Uh, I agree with you. Hey, Vinny, um, you know, I pay attention to ASU. We were talking about ASU all week. I was on them. I thought that they at home were going to beat San Diego State. They lost by two touchdowns. Um, also, I'll add this to your bets. You want to bet the house on Texas Tech at home, only giving seven points to Arizona State, who have looked brutal in their first two games. Uh, Tech's got that good offense. Uh, minus seven, you should be able to crush that game, too. All right, I'll look into that, Robbie. All right, so we're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap it all up. Uh, for week one in the NFL, looking ahead to week two, uh, give us a call at uh, 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. We'll be right back to wrap it up on Over the Top Sports Radio. Radio, Robbie D, Vinny the Shark, and Big Mike with you. And let me just be the first to say that, Goon, your music selection tonight has been as pitiful as the Giants' offense last year. Delete all of these songs. Delete, 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 and don't use them again. What a brutal I love it, Goon. songs you chose tonight. Uh, I like I the name you, of it. I love them. So come on. Uh, well, I'll be meeting hey, Thank you, Vinny. Thank you. Goon's <laughs> first time on the show. <laughs> uh, but guys, one game I wanted to talk about next week that we didn't really get to is the Sunday Night Football game, and I think it could be one of the best games of the year, maybe a uh, preview for the NFC uh, Championship, and that's Green Bay-Atlanta. Uh, Mike, I know you loved what you saw the Green Bay's defense last week. Atlanta maybe having a little bit of a hangover after their loss in the Super Bowl, still were able to pull it out. Uh, they're three-point favorites at home in the first time in their brand-new stadium on national TV. Um, so give me your guys' thoughts, Vinny, Mike. Uh, start with you, Mike. Uh, on this big, big, big game next Sunday night. Hopefully it'll be better than last night's game. Yeah, this to me, um, even though I was impressed, I was actually impressed with both defenses. Uh, Don Terry Poe yesterday for Atlanta, Desmond Trufant was back. Green Bay, like I spoke to before, I won't do it again. Uh, both offenses, ready for this, 395 total yards Green Bay, 385 total yards for Atlanta. I'm not the betting guy, but to me, this is a game that screams over. It's in Atlanta's dome. I just think this turns into the shootout uh, that everybody wants to see uh, as a football fan. I could see a ton of points in this game. 
Yeah, it has shootout written all over it. That's the only reason why I'm hesitant about it, because it just seems too easy. But um, as you guys know, I think the Packers are overrated. I think they're by a very good quarterback. But going back to that Seattle game with Green Bay, that was the most pathetic call I've ever seen, that block in the back on a pick six that should have happened. And that's a game changer. That changes the whole entire game around. So I'm not really buying into the Packers too much either here. I love Atlanta here at home. I know they had a hard time with the Chicago Bears, and Seattle's a lot better team than the Bears. But this is the first game in the new building, like you said. Georgia Dome, Matt Ryan plays amazing there. The Falcons are a whole new team at home. I like them to win that game. And, you know, Mike, you were talking about McAdoo uh, before and his game plan. Well, why don't you take a page out of Minnesota's playbook tonight? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Minnesota. Uh, they ran the ball with Alvin Cook early on to establish a run. Then they threw a bunch of crossing patterns. There's a lot of static on the line. Somebody's rubbing up on the phone. Um, but early on, they were doing a lot of crossing patterns, a lot of short passes. They softened up the defense. And now Sam freaking Bradford is going up top, beating the terrible defensive secondary of the Saints. Big play after big play after big play. They are opening this game open in Minnesota. That is a real game plan, and they're executing it perfectly without the weapons that the Giants have on offense, by the way. Uh, shows a little good game plan and a good offensive line can do for you. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I was completely impressed with Sam Bradford before uh, when we spoke on it. Real quick, just to touch on Vinny, uh, Vinny's clock in the back, there have been, just from the games that I've seen, I've seen three brutal officiating calls. The block in the back, and then Lane getting ejected in that Green Bay game yesterday was absolutely horrendous. Horrendous. The Des Bryant pass interference call running down the sideline with Jenkins horrendous. And then tonight you have the sack called uh, back uh, hitting low on Drew Brees. I mean, he's, the guy's falling down to the ground. I'm not sure of his name. Uh, takes him down. He's the second guy in on Brees, and they call it for going below the knees. Just brutal uh, officiating. And, I mean, they just hired a bunch of refs to be full-time refs. I mean, let's go. This is unbelievable. Yeah, there was a, already a rough start to uh, officiating here in the NFL, which is obviously something that is a huge deal because their calls mean a whole lot. But uh, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about these rookie running backs that we all love so much. The class of that four running back thing. Leonard Fournette clearly cleared the way as a lead back right now. What did you guys think of him? He looked great last night. Yeah. He, he looked awesome. Yeah, he was, rolling he was, over people. He was he impressive. Was big. What about uh, McCaffrey? Uh, he fumbled the ball, uh, but got his touches. It was about 90 yards total of offense. Uh, Definitely looked like a good running back. Uh, He's going to keep expanding his role in that offense. Uh, But you know what? Jonathan Stewart didn't look that bad either. Uh, Not a bad one-two punch. It's two completely different players down in Carolina. Yeah, I thought McCaffrey looked good. Um, You know, they did try to limit his touches. I just think they still want him to get hurt. It's week one. Uh, Stewart looked good, like you said. I was very taken aback at how bad Cam Newton looked. I did not think he looked well at all. I think, thank God, they're playing the 49ers. Um, as far as the rookie running backs go, uh, you know, we all uh, – Rob was big on Mixon. Uh, Vinny was big on McCaffrey. And uh, I was big on Fournette. I thought they all showed you something. And, and Cook yet hasn't showed it. But, you know, again, it's week one. I'm sure he will uh, show you why he was such a high pick. Yeah, it's going to be fun so following those four backs have... all year. Guys, we didn't really talk about it yet, but this past week, on our Saturday special, we gave our picks for next week. Um, we're not on the air again before next week starts, so um, we're going to have to make a couple of Yeah, uh, as far as the, uh, the 5 4 three, two, one goes, we'll have to tweet those out because I have not looked at the, uh, the official lines yet, just what ESPN has. As far as a survivor pick goes, I'm not sure if Vinny's uh, ready to make that now. I will take the Raiders at home against the New York Jets. The Jets looked abysmal yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills, right? That's right. I am on the Raiders uh, for next week as my survivor pick. And I'm also on the Raiders. And, uh, hey, Rob, who are you on? Oh, wait a second. You are eliminated because you selected the Texans last week. That's okay. That happens. Um, Hey, when you're wrong, you're wrong. It happens. Uh, but if I was picking, um, just to be a little bit different, I would go with Seattle at home against San Francisco. Uh, they're 13-point favorites. Uh, you know how good they are there. San Francisco is not a good football team. Uh, you saw how bad they looked in front of friends and family also. Yes, California not getting good tenants this week. Um, 
in home openers. You saw how bad that they were yesterday, so I would go with Seattle just to be a little bit different. Uh, and like I said, uh, we will have the rest of the picks from the three of us out on Twitter this week. The five four three two system. We'll get those results out to you. Also, guys, it is also uh, it is September 11th. We would be remiss if we didn't even just mention that. I mean, everybody remembers where they were uh, when the planes hit or whatever. But uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody that was affected that day uh, needs to be brought up. Yeah, 16 years. Um, it's a long time ago. Um, but never forget, and um, they do a great job in all three uh, locations, remember, uh, remembering everybody, but we were all on planes today, too, you know, so it hits home when you're on an airplane on September 11th, and it's kind of an eerie feeling when you're in that airport. People were uneasy, not a lot of people traveling, but, um, you know, don't only remember it on September 11th, you know, remember it anytime, uh, anytime it's brought up, anytime you're around one of those areas, um, and anytime that you're around a first responder, a police officer, a firefighter, there's so much anger and hate in the world right now for so many reasons. But when you're around one of them, remember what they do for you and what their brothers and sisters did for them on September 11th in New York, in Washington, D.C., um, because they're the ones that are going to be there next time it happens, too. Absolutely. Well said, guys. Well said. But You touched on that great. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. Vinny, you brought up the boxing match on Saturday. Um, Maybe I didn't hear you, but I don't. I don't remember hearing you say who you thought was going to win. Uh, if, if you did, I'm sorry, but uh, who, who you got winning that fight? Saul Canelo Alvarez. That's my boy. Like I said, he's only lost to Mayweather. He's beaten everybody else. Triple G is undefeated, but he hasn't faced a, a elite opponents that Canelo has. I think Triple G packs a lot stronger punch for sure. He thinks he's going to knock out Canelo in the first round, but that's just a hype up the fight. Um, it should be a should be a really good fight. This is a real boxing match, guys, and I hope you, it's definitely going to be worth the fight. These two match up very, very well. It's a fight we've been wanting for a while now, and it's happened. And after this, I don't really know what boxing has in terms of blockbuster fights. So enjoy this one. And I got Canelo. I think Canelo is going to come out with it by unanimous decision. All right, Mike, I'm going to throw you a couple of quick questions. Uh, you don't know that they're coming pretty much rapid fire. Give me your first thought. Um, yes or no, be worried about the Dodger slump. Uh, no, you should not be worried. Vinny, you agree? I, I'm petrified of this one. I, I'm completely off the Dodger bandwagon. I mean, how could you have not been on it at the All-Star break when they had that humongous win streak and they were on pace with the 98 Yankees? Uh, but now look at them. They literally cannot win a game. I'm betting the Rockies at plus 200 underdogs confidently because the Dodgers just don't have it. The last 18 games, Mike, that Cleveland's won in a row, has vaulted into the top of the American League. Are you buying them as the favorites down to AL, or is it still Houston, or is it maybe a sleeper like Boston? Uh, I think it's tied. I think it's Houston, I think it's Cleveland, and Andrew Miller is not even back yet for them. Um, to me, Cleveland could be the team to beat out there. And I'm 100% on there with the Tribe. I, I think the Tribe run away with the American League now. There's a right time to get hot. We were in Texas this week, and we saw the Rangers. They're two and a half games behind the last wild card spot. It's Minnesota, Los Angeles, Texas, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Seattle, and Tampa Bay, all within three games of that spot. Uh, Mike, who wins the second wild card spot in the American League? It won't be the Rangers, I'll tell you that. Um, first of all, I think that team sucks. Um, I couldn't believe they actually won on Friday night. And they have chance for people batting under 220, which is an absolute joke. Napoli. No, what about you, Ben? Ben, that's your division. You're the wild card leaders. Uh, who's joining you in the wild card game uh, first week of October? I didn't think I'd be saying this would be in the year, but I think the Angels are going to get that second uh, wild card spot. I love that Upton trade for them, and they're really playing some pretty good ball lately. All right, less than a minute to go, Mike. Uh, final thoughts time. Go about 20, 25 seconds. Final thought for the week. All right, my final thoughts are, real quick, you just saw AP yelling at Sean Payton. That could be something to look forward to. Uh, he doesn't look like he's happy getting the touches. As far as stadiums go, Dallas, I'm not impressed. Your fans aren't loud. Michael Irvin looks like he's coked up on the Jumbotron trying to rally up the crowd. Minnesota was a much better stadium. Jerry, you suck. New York Giants, they got to get that offensive line together. It could be a really tough year. It doesn't matter the talent if you don't have the line that can block the guys. The 
New York Yankees outscored the Jets and Giants combined yesterday. I want to also stick my hat out to Randy Moss. He got inducted. That's a fair receiver of all time. He got inducted in the Vikings Hall of Fame. Next stop for him, Camden, Ohio. All right, we'll be back with you next Monday night. Vinny and I from Giant Stadium. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for all your fantasy and betting needs. We'll talk to you next week on all the top sports radio. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.